Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us on the Weekly Standard is uh, John McCormick, who is actually in California. He was at the Reagan Library for the debate. And before we talk about what happened on stage, John, I want to ask you, what was it like? Like, what was the crowd like? What was the mood like? And how did people feel before and after the event? Uh, you know, it, uh, you're, as a reporter, you're stuck in a massive filing center. There are 800 reporters there. You're watching it on television. Uh, the main utility of being here in person is that you get to try and go in the spin room and talk to the candidates' representatives right after the camp, right after the event's over. Uh, and and uh, some of the candidates themselves uh, got to talk to Reince Priebus last night. Uh, asked him about you know whether the the GOP's decision to limit the debates. Uh, you know, that was meant as something that was supposed to diminish the power of the media. But it's actually had the opposite effect that, you know, it's, uh, it's given the media the power to decide we're going to cover Trump 24-7, unfiltered speeches. Uh, and it's only these rare occasions now, once every four or now six weeks until the next debate, uh, that your average voter uh, who just turns on the TV on a, on a Tuesday or Wednesday night uh, actually get to see all these different impressive candidates and get a chance to try and figure out who they support. Uh, as you can imagine, Reince was, wasn't having any of it, and uh, he said that, nope, that uh, I was wrong, and they were really glad that they had gotten some control over the process. Uh, and the uh, control of the process involved having Donald Trump insulting people's looks uh, and uh, mugging for the cameras like an out-of-control emoji, apparently. That's what, at least what I saw. What did you see? Uh, and, of course, the key question that everyone will always ask, so who won? Uh, well, I think, yeah, it's pretty clear that Carly won. I think a lot of people, I, I thought Rubio was also very impressive, but I'm not sure. He, he, was, he was crisp and he was solid, and I think that, you know, he can be seen as, as sort of winning a, a certain primary. He's at least edging out people like, you know, Christie and Walker and Bush and Kasich, and he's at the top of there. So he and, and Carly Fiorina are right now kind of, uh, you know, uh, leaping ahead of those folks and sort of what could be seen as um, as more of a, you know, and kind of candidates that the, the establishment could live with. And I think that, you know, Fiorina and Rubio and uh, and Walker, at least for a time, were kind of seen as, as compromised candidates. Who, you know, if, if any of them were nominated, uh, you wouldn't have uh, like a, a full-blown civil war or at least you know a revolt by uh, some part of the party. I think that if you would have a uh, you know any, any number of candidates, or whether it's Jeb Bush or Kasich or um, as the establishment guys or uh, someone like you know. Um, Trump or Carson, I think you're going. You'd have like a real sort of, uh, you know, it'd, it'd be a real sort of either a Goldwater or a, a Rockefeller moment in the in the party in 2015 in terms of how much uh, the other side would feel betrayed. Uh, so uh, you've had a chance to either sleep or sounds like not sleep on it. <laughs> the debate was last <laughs> night. What lines will linger from this uh, debate? I think that Carly had the, the most powerful lines were her her comments on the Planned Parenthood videos. Uh, you know, they were delivered with passion. They were, uh, you know, she actually described what they were. Often these Republican candidates sort of speak, uh, they kind of assume that you know what they're already talking about. They'll talk about these awful Planned Parenthood videos. Well, Carly Fearon actually described them in graphic detail, what you need to do if you're going to you know, even try to win this argument. I'm sure that most people who tuned in had no idea what people were talking about until she began describing these things and probably couldn't believe what their their ears. Um, so I thought that was very 
they're powerful. You know, I think that that does increase pressure on, on Republicans to take a more aggressive stance. If, if you listen closely to what both Walker and Fiorina said, uh, Walker said they need to pass the bill with 51 votes. They don't need to do it with 60, which either means that he's in favor of nuking the filibuster or, uh, you, know, you know, finding a way to pass that through budget reconciliation. Uh, and, and Carly said, you know, if we don't, if we don't force Obama to veto this bill, then shame on us. You know, she didn't say if we don't, you know, see this through to a big government shutdown. She has kind of suggested that in the past. Um, so yeah, I think that's the real, you know, the, the big story for the next two weeks is going to be whether or not there's a government shutdown. Um, you know, I mean, we'll be talking about this today for the next week or so, but uh, I think there's a very realistic chance that we, we do have a government shutdown. Bobby Jindal ramped up the pressure in the first debate saying that, uh, you know, going even farther, saying that the GOP is basically worthless and we should, uh, you know, he's angrier at, at, at them than Obama because uh, they're not willing to, to see this through and have a government shutdown. You know, you can argue that a debate like the one last night really reduces down to do you see the person standing in front of you as a leader and that all of the you know points as far as this specific about a policy, et cetera, are just the material you use to craft this image as a leader. Who looked like a leader? And I want to start with the premise of Jeb Bush. I, I thought two people had the worst nights that matter because I who cares about Rand Paul the two people who had the worst nights that matter were Donald Trump you saw his balloon deflate when he ran it against uh, Carly Fiorina and Jeb Bush who looked like a simpering third level assistant office manager asking Donald Trump will you please apologize to my wife no oh okay never mind I, I mean I, I thought th- those were for, tr- for Bush it was devastating for Trump it's the slow leak that will deflate his balloon did i miss something am i on the right path what do you think john uh i i the overall big picture yes um i actually have focused on the one moment that i thought was strong for jeb was where he uh defended his brother's record uh, george w bush I, I don't think he followed through on that actually scott walker was the one who chimed in and and said you know blamed obama for losing the peace sure um, but, you know, he said, you know, he kept us safe. And I think that, you know, Jeb has such a difficult time connecting on a visceral level with people. And the the line, he kept us safe, is something that just resonates uh, with conservatives. I, I think a lot of conservatives who, you know, just if you were a conservative during that period of time, I think that all the... You know, all the stuff that people were arguing about, that that's something that really cut to the core, uh, you know, that, that he kept us safe. I think that's a line that, you know, a lot of conservatives like, and I think that Trump was made a big mistake by going hard on that. But, um, but in general, yeah, I thought the other the other instances, Jeb just does, he does have that uh, certain weak, weak appearance about him, uh, just in, in, in style, and doesn't really seem to... Uh, have found a way to overcome that so far. Did people reimagine Chris Christie as president last night? Did people uh, get a perception of John Kasich as president last night, do you think? Did people, uh, not to project, but I mean, uh, I've always thought Christie is very impressive. I think that he and Rubio are the two most impressive communicators in the Republican field, the Republican Party. And, you know, had uh, there were some people tweeting last night saying, you know, can you imagine if he had run in 2012? And I said, yeah, he would have won. He would have won the whole thing, I think. Um, But, you know, he might have missed his moment. You know, he he, he tacked the left a little bit uh, in 
in, in style, if not substance, in 2013 to win that big victory. And uh, then that Bridgegate thing happened, and he had he had no more supporters left, you know, left or right. And 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 if, maybe if he finds a way, I think he I think Christie was objectively the most impressive of the governors, for sure. I think he was more impressive than Kasich or Walker or, or Bush. Um, and then. You know, besides Rubio and Fiorina, yeah, yeah, I think he would be he'd be right up there in terms of just on, on debate performance. You mentioned Rubio right out of the box, and what's interesting to me is I tend to agree with what you're saying, but there will be zero impact on polling from Rubio's performance. Uh, any thoughts on why that is? I don't know if it'll be zero. Um, you know, I, uh, getting back to that earlier issue with the debates, I mean, I think it's a uh, you know, he did. I think he kicked up two points or three points, and uh, Trump kicked down two or three points after the first debate. And then we resumed our around-the-clock, 24-7 <laughs> Trump mania coverage on all the networks, uh, where we cover his speeches live. And, you know, when when there's a normal, when there's like a, a horrendous gaffe, you know, any of these gaffes would be enough to end anybody else's campaign. You know, if if... If Marco Rubio's campaign manager said that uh, you know there's no such thing as marital rape, uh, that's <laughs> that's not against the law. That would end his campaign. Sure. Um, if he insulted POWs, that would end his campaign. The, the media would would just focus relentlessly on that issue for for days and days and weeks. Um, but with Trump, it's just like you know it just rolls off his back. You know he he says one thing, and we go back to the the media goes back to covering him. Uh, in a way that's really unusual, covering him, you know, without with, without any filter, you know, covering his regular stump speeches as breaking news events. One last question so, for you, John, uh, and uh, thanks for joining us on this little, if any, sleep after uh, covering the event last night there in California. Let's say that Hillary were off stage, waiting for a follow-up debate. And the Republicans watching that debate last night could only pick one person out of the 11 to go face her. Based on what they saw last night, who do you think most Republicans would pick to send in to take Hillary on? I think most of them would pick uh, Carly Fiorina, and Rubio would be the second. I, I think you're absolutely right. By the way, uh, the best line of the night was Lindsey Graham saying that if he's president, there'll be more drinking. I will certainly say, as a guy from South Carolina named Graham, that if he's the president, I will be drinking a lot more. And I don't know how they made it through a three-hour debate. But I, I'm done with debate. I will, I'm happy that there's not a debate for six weeks after that five-hour marathon last night. I can't imagine what it was like to have to cover it on location. Thanks so much for your time, John. Thank you. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.